Hi, everybody. Stefan Molyneux from Freedom Main Radio. Hope you're welcome for Not an Argument Time. This is my visceral spine-tingling response to a few things that Hillary Clinton said during the Trump-Clinton second presidential debate that happened on Sunday. I have a very lizard-brain response to some of these tactics that she used, most likely because I've known people like this in my life and just how dangerous and deranged they really are. So this kind of bald-faced lying stuff, right? So... Donald Trump said, well, you were Secretary of State when President Obama did his line in the sand with Assad in Syria, like no UC chemical weapons or bad things will will happen. And she said, no, I was gone by then. Perfectly convincing, perfectly authentic. This is the kind of person who you're staring at a blue sky and they say it's raining and you still want to take out your umbrella. They're just so convincing in the moment because the goal, oh, I know this one very well from face-to-face, cheese-grating, soul-destroying personal experience. Their goal is to win in the moment. The fallout of what comes later, who cares? Doesn't matter. It's win in the moment. And she was very convincing, says, nope, I was gone when this line in the sand statement was made. No, she wasn't. She was right there and would be for many, many more months. So that to me is just astounding. And Maybe, maybe, let's just look at the possibilities. What could be happening when somebody tells an outright falsehood like that? Well, maybe they just don't remember. Don't remember. No idea about whether, you know, something that important, whether you were there for it or not. Seems kind of important to remember. Kind of a big line in the sand for U.S. foreign policy. And is partially responsible for some of the dominoes that are taking down the Middle East at the moment and turning into a flaming hellhole of Western imperialist destruction. You think you'd be around. You think you'd remember those meetings. You know, the meetings where you choose uh, what goes on uh, the cake for the person's retirement benefit. Yeah, those are kind of forgettable. But, you know, this is an important meeting. Maybe she just plain forgot. Maybe she thought she was talking to the FBI. I don't know. Maybe she just plain forgot. Okay. Well, that indicates a cognitive deficiency that is very significant. It's not like those things, you know, where... You've been told a story about yourself as a kid. You kind of have memories of it, but you're not sure if it was your direct experience or just the internalization of the stories that have been told. You're not talking 50 years ago. We're talking a couple of years ago. Most One of the most important decisions that she was around for. Nope, doesn't remember. Okay, well, if genuinely doesn't remember, then genuinely unfit for president because cognitive deficiency, number one. Maybe, uh, maybe uh, she knows the truth, but just wants to falsify things in the moment uh, for political expediency. Okay, well, then kind of unfit, unfit for the office because falsifying things in the moment about very important things that are so easily checked afterwards, right? Uh, or number three, she was there but somehow has convinced herself since the meeting that it, she just wasn't there or had already left the State Department when these decisions went down. Again, not really, really good. If somebody can talk themselves in and out of reality that well, I'm not sure that giving them the the blow-the-world-up digital nuclear codes is really the wisest decision. And this happened with other things, too, right? So there's an old thing about the left, right? Uh, And it's actually a strategy that they use. Accuse others of what you yourself want to do. Accuse others of the crimes or the, the immoralities that you yourself have committed. And so when she says to Donald Trump, well, he never apologizes, right after he'd apologized a bunch of times for uh, the Bush tapes, Uh, And um, she said, uh, when she was confronted about the statement she made that half of Donald Trump's supporters were deplorable people, irredeemable people, racist, sexist, homophobic, Islamophobic, whatever it is, right? Just horrible, horrible people. Well, that is um, tens of millions of populations uh, in the U.S., people in the U.S. 
And she said, well, I apologize for that right afterwards. And uh, first of all, it was a prepared remark. It was not off the cuff. And uh, secondly, she only kind of got that it was wrong when she was caught about it. And number three, did not apologize at all. If you can look at the transcript of what she said, there's no, I'm sorry. Uh, no, I apologize. There's sort of, well, okay, I said that half of Donald Trump supporters were horrible, horrible human beings that could never be made any better. I regret saying half. Ooh, BNAP, Bullshit Non-Apology 101. That is, uh, I, I know I said I, that you were half evil. I, I regret saying half. I mean, yeah, okay, that's just uh, not an apology, but in fact a further stimulant kind of insult. And there was lots of this kind of stuff floating around. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you people from bitter, difficult, dangerous experience, people who want to win in the moment and will just deal with whatever fallout comes later. You know, people who say, I don't know, want to run their own servers to avoid scrutiny from uh, uh, Freedom of Information Act uh, requests or maybe want to avoid scrutiny of what's going on at the Clinton Foundation. I don't know. Just any number of these things. People who will just say anything to win in the moment are incredibly dangerous, incredibly untrustworthy. And uh, I have a really strong revulsion uh, against this kind of uh, personality. You know, there are emails coming out where her aides are saying, oh, yeah, she, she basically is beginning to hate the American public. It's like, well, yeah. I mean, this is the price you pay when you manipulate people, when you lie to people, when you don't have a commitment to tell the truth. Whoever you lie to, you will end up hating. This is the deal. This is that's the price you pay for the immediate emotional self-gratification of dodging a bullet in the moment to have it hit uh, other people down the road. When you lie to people, when you manipulate them, when you just tell them what they want to hear in order to control them, of course, you have uh, disgust for them, you have contempt for them, and you end up hating them. Because the liar, the lies are almost drawn out of the liar because of the vacuum of the need for the lies. Right? Now, there are people who are lining up like baby chicks waiting for the regurgitation of the middle-class income from the mama bird into their squawking, beaky, open throats. Okay, so people are dependent on the government. They've made terrible life decisions. They've had four guys, have father four of their children, and three of those guys are now in jail or whatever's going on. They've, they've got crappy degrees. They've got uh, no self-discipline. They didn't get a job when they were younger and get themselves prepared for the workforce. They're entitled. They're lazy. They've just made bad decisions, and so they're dependent on the state. Please give me a house. Please give me welfare. Please give me free education. Please help me pay off my student loan. Whatever. They're dependent on the state. And there's this whole kind of kabuki theater charade that has to go on where people who are going to offer them free stuff taken from other people by gunpoint and taxation is the initiation of force. So you've got people who say, well, I'm going to go and use the power of the government, the violence of the state to take things from people, and then I'm going to give it to you. But, of course, we can't talk about it that way because that looks too much like a violent redistribution of the earned to the unearned. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about how we're stronger together and we're, we're great because we're good and I'm out of care and the, the children and ha, oh, right? You've got you to create all this crap, right, to, to, to cover the crime of violent income redistribution from the just and able in general to those who are less competent. So there's this whole charade that has to go on. We want free stuff, say significant portions. And in fact, uh, over half the American population is now dependent on the state for significant portions of their income. We want free stuff, they say. Okay, I'll go and get you free stuff. But we can't talk about it that openly. So we're going to have to talk about justice and people paying their fair share and equality. And I don't know, just I, I throw up a little bit of my mouth when I even start to take on socialist syllables. <laughs> Hairball called Marxism. 
So they can't be honest about it. They've got to lie to each other. They've got to lie to the American population. They've, you know, I've made bad decisions and I want free stuff. Which is not free, but taken from other people by force. They can't say that openly. So they've got to create this whole charade. And of course, it's a contemptible position. And everyone hates each other in that because they can't be honest about it. You know, it's like the guy who, who um, he's desperate for cocaine. He's got no money. So he goes over to the cocaine dealer's house and pretends to be his friend. Hey, man, how you doing? Nice to see you. Uh, no, I don't need anything. I don't have anything. I just want to fall. Hoping that he's going to get off. I mean, it's a contemptual, a contemptible position for both people to be in. Everybody knows what's going on. The question is, is anyone going to be honest about it? Well, um, as Mitt Romney found out when he tried to be honest about the self-motivations of people who wanted to vote for the left because they were dependent on the government... And being honest uh, will get you a whole lot of crap rolling your way. But nonetheless, uh, this is the reality. So, of course, there's contempt. Of course, there's disgust. Of course, there's hatred. And, of course, Hillary Clinton is going to say that other people are irre- irredeemably morally disgusting. And then say, with an actual straight face, oh, she's going to take the high road. I don't think so. So, let's be honest. There are people dependent on the state, they want free stuff, and if they don't get free stuff, they're going to riot, or they're going to get really upset, and so now it's just a shakedown. It's got nothing to do with government anymore, it's got nothing to do with welfare, it's got nothing to do with virtue, it's just staving off the mob with candy. And let's just be honest about it. Well, those of us who still have some vague commitment to honesty. So, yeah, there are going to be people who like Hillary Clinton, still like her after the debate, because they're dependent on her, and you've got to pretend to like the drug dealer who may or may not give you the drugs. There are going to be people who don't like... Hillary Clinton, because they know all this stuff already or have that same visceral reaction. And then there are those of you, kind of, this is who I'm talking to, those of you in the middle, those of you who kind of go either way. Do you want someone in charge of you who has this kind of relationship to the truth? Who will win at any cost in the moment and damn the consequences? And has she put out any clarifying statements saying, oh no, you know, I was wrong about this, I was wrong about this, I made a mistake about that, and then she has the temerity to say that Donald Trump never apologizes and never admits when he's wrong. Ooh, projection is a nightmare. People do not go there for the next four to eight years. You will regret it beyond words that can be described. This is Stefan Molyneux for Freedom Main Radio. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Please help us out at freedomainradio.com slash donate. Follow me on Twitter at Stefan Molyneux for as long as that lasts. And we'll talk to you soon. Have yourself a great, great day.